So let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thine sight, O oh Lord. It is our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning to each and every one of you on today. Thank you for being here on today. It's a real wintry day on today. Hallelujah. Very, very, very cold outside today, snowing. And how many of you know that in moments like this, we talked about it on last Sunday that if we're going to rebuild, I told y'all, I told you, the Lord spoke to us on last Sunday and said that the enemy was going to challenge each and every one of us. I want you to pick up the phone today and I want you to call your members and say, why did you let circumstances stop you from getting here today? There is nothing that you and I can do about life when it happens. <laughs> can I say that again? There's nothing that you and I can do, no matter how much we prepare, how much we plan, how much we save, Life will happen. I want you to look at your neighbor and just simply say life will happen. And because life will happen, we have to understand as we begin to pray this morning, God will grant each and every one of us the grace to win, the grace to overcome, and the grace to prosper. There is a grace to win a grace to overcome and a grace to prosper that God grants each and every one of us. I want to say that again. Life will happen. And because life will happen, even though we've planned, we've saved, we've put things in place, we, we know how to get through, because life will happen, we have to understand that God gives us a grace to win, a grace to overcome, and a grace to prosper while life still happens. And so I want to encourage each and every one of you, don't allow what life is doing or don't allow the predictions of life to predict how you're going to respond to God. Our response to God is that we're going to be in place no matter what happens. Hallelujah. Come on now, I really want to encourage you. We, we've got some energy, we've got some momentum but because life is going to happen, you got to set it in your mind. We as a people have to set it in our minds that we will serve God. As for me in my house, I'm going to serve God. Hallelujah. As long as there is breath in my body, as long as I have the ability to stand up and get up, I'm going to make these next 19 Sundays. Hallelujah. We're not going to stop. I don't care what happens. I don't care what we're getting ready to face. We're not stopping. We're going to pray every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Hallelujah. We're going to consecrate every Sunday at 9 o'clock. Hallelujah. Life is going to happen. Your job is going to happen. Problems are going to come. Difficulties are going to come. But because that happens, I am going to set my face and I'm going to set my faith in place and I am going to make sure that I give God the consecrated moment that we said that we were going to do 9 a.m. I, I, I really want you to hear it. 
it's really important that we understand how to fight in times of opposition. How do we fight in times of opposition? I'm going to be teaching out of the book of Nehemiah as we continue to talk about this rebuilding series. As we begin to talk about this series on today, we're, we're transitioning from one moment to the next moment. We can see that in the book of Ezra, in the book of Ezra, Ezra was the scribe. Ezra was the one who came back and he rebuilt the temple of worship. He rebuilt the place, Jerusalem. He rebuilt the place, the fallen breaches of Solomon's temple. We can see that they came out of exile. They came out of Babylon. They returned the Jews in number to rebuild a place where they could worship from. And after they rebuild this temple, Nehemiah now has a dream. He has a dream. He receives a report that the walls of Jerusalem are still in ruins. Nehemiah now comes along and he rebuilds the walls. There is a rebuilding of the temple, which is the house of God, the house of worship, but then there is a rebuilding of the walls. The walls represent the protection of the marketplace. They represent the protection of the city. They represent the protection and the guarding and the guarding against the enemies that come to destroy what is on the inside. Have you all ever seen one of those movies before where they're fighting and the army can't get in and the only way that they can get in is that they have to destroy the outer wall because the outer wall represents the fortress of the city. The outer walls represents the strength of the city. The outer walls protect the enemy from, from coming into the city. They, they protect and they guard from unwanted attacks from the enemy. Nehemiah gets word that there is no wall. There is now a temple of worship. There's now a marketplace. There's now a thriving city where the purpose of God is, is, is going forth. And when many of you understand what the house of God is, and I think when we get back to that place in God and understanding how important a church is to every community, then we will do what we need to do to make sure that that church lives. Imagine if you woke up one Sunday morning and there were no churches open for the rest of your life. Imagine if you woke up and the city that you lived in had no protection against the enemy. There were no policemen, there were no firemen, the military was off the wall. Imagine if the entire United States of America lost its entire military. It lost all of its security. There was no FBI, there was no CIA, there, there was nobody here to protect us. Guess what would happen? The enemies would walk right in and they would take over our cities and not just take over our cities, but then they would destroy the houses of God. We can see this happening here in the Bible because when they left into Babylon to go into exile, they destroyed their temple. When they return, they return to what was destroyed, and because it was destroyed, they desired to rebuild that house of worship. 
Nehemiah in chapter number one has a dream that the wall has been torn down. It's been in ruins for years. He hears the word that the people are, are, are going through. They're fretting because the enemy is just walking in. And because they have no wall to protect themselves from the enemy, the city, and not only the city, but now the house of God is in trouble. The house of God is in a place now where the enemy can come in and take over and destroy what was rebuilt, what was just rebuilt. Nehemiah comes and he has this dream. He has this dream in chapter number one. He fasts, he weeps, he prays, he prays unto God. God answers his request. In chapter number two, we can see that Nehemiah, he goes and he speaks to the king. The king gives him permission to travel into Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. Not only does Nehemiah travel into the city, but the king gives him permission to go through the other cities that he has to travel travel through to get through to Jerusalem. He gives him protection. He gives him all of the resources that he needs. He gives him all of the help that he needs. Nehemiah arrives in the city and he sees that the wall is in ruins. How many of you have traveled through your neighborhoods and you can see that your city has, has, has been torn down? There are plazas that are empty, abandoned houses that have been sitting on streets for years. You can see that the stores are run down, the schools are run down. We can see that, that our children are, are walking down streets where there are abandoned buildings. They, they have to catch the school bus on corners that are unlighted, uh, unprotected. Uh, they're riding school buses in neighborhoods that are run down. Nehemiah sees this and he does an inspection. But to lay low so that he doesn't bring attention, he does his work at night. He does his work at night and so he goes around and he inspects all of the walls. And he inspects and he does this and he investigates before he starts the project. He investigates and he begins to figure out this what needs to be done. I have to do this. I have to do this. Why did he do it at night? Because he didn't want to bring attention to what was getting ready to happen. I want to talk to you today about what it's going to take. Building while overcoming adversity. Building while overcoming adversity. Nehemiah has the permission he has the permission of the king, but each and every one of us know as we established on last week that the enemy always has a plan to disrupt what is being built or being restored when it pertains to anything in your life that is going to fulfill purpose and destiny. He came to destroy the temple. He came to stop the work, and even though they stopped the work in Ezra, they found a way to continue to to get the work done. We can see it here that the, ad, that, the, that the adversity of the stoppage, of the disruptions that are going to happen in your life occur here again as we rebuild the walls. In every phase, my thought or my, or my thesis on the day, I really want you to just hear this sentence here. Uh, in every phase of our lives, we often face certain things that come to challenge 
our movement and progress as a church, as a community. Can I say that again? In every phase of our lives, our ministry, whatever you may be doing, we will face certain things that come to do what? Challenge our movement and our progress as a church, as a community, as a people. We will face the challenges that come to do what? To, to, to hinder the movement and the progress. In our lesson today, I, I really want to focus on the pointing or, the, or how to point out some very valuable lessons and what to expect when facing oppositions in times of building. I really want to focus on those challenges that come to hinder our movement and our progress as we build, as we rebuild, as we plant, as we do all that God is calling us to do. One of the things that stood out to me in the work of Nehemiah as he gathered the city to begin rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem was the great danger and the opposition they withstood while rebuilding the walls. Nehemiah began, Nehemiah being the person of God, called him to be, was able to sense the insecurity and fear that had begun to plague the morale of those as they finished the wall. I want to say that again. Nehemiah being the person God called him to be, was able to sense the insecurity and the low morale that had begun to plague the people as they begin and as they started to finish the walls. In every attack that came toward Nehemiah and the workers, he challenged the hearts of the people to remain steadfast in their attitudes to not give in or to walk away from their assignments in fortifying the walls of the city. I want you to hear this for a third time. Uh, uh, Nehemiah, being the person God called him to be, was able to sense the insecurity and fear that had begun to plague the morale of those as they finished the walls. In every attack that came toward Nehemiah and the workers, he did what? He challenged their hearts. He calls them to remain steadfast in their attitudes to not give in or to walk away from their assignments in fortifying the wall. I, I want you to hear the thought again. I, I want you to hear our train of thought on today so that you're able to remain focused in every phase of your life. You and I will face certain things that come to do what? To challenge our movement and progress. We can see here that Nehemiah is challenged with the same opposition as his brother, his comrade in the, uh, 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 in the faith, Ezra. He's challenged in a different way. Hallelujah. He, he's challenged now to not only encourage the people, but he's challenged to, 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 to keep the morale up. He's challenging them to not give in. He's challenging them to remain steadfast 
in their assignments. Come on now, because everybody had an assignment. The, the wall was so big, the wall was so large that they had to spread out the work from the north, the south side, the east side, the west side. There was a crew that worked around the clock. And so Nehemiah's job, he said, I need the people on the west side to make sure that you don't give in. I need those on the south side to make sure that you keep working. I, I need those that are, that are on the north and the, and, and the west side to, to, to continue to do the work. No matter what happens, don't come off the wall. Can I encourage you? No matter what's going on in your life, don't come off the wall. No matter what's going on in your, in your life, in your body, don't come off the wall. Continue to finish the work that God has called you to do. Come on now. Continue to finish the work. I want you to say that to yourself. I will, I will continue to finish the work. I will not abandon my assignment. I, I know that the challenge is hard. I know that life is happening. I, I know that there are difficulties and, and situations that may occur, but take a deep breath. Come on now. Uh, lift up your head. Get your mind together. Come on now. If you need to take a break and just cry for a few minutes, uh, get back on the wall and finish your assignment. Come on now. Your assignment is important to your legacy. Your, your assignment is important to the next generations. Your, your assignment is important to your family. It's important to God. It's, it's important to the kingdom. It, it's important. Come on now. If you're a teacher, I need you to make sure that you continue to finish your lesson plans. Come on now. If you're working in a hospital, I need to make sure that you will finish your assignment by serving sick people. Come on now. If you're working in business and you're an entrepreneur, I need you to make sure sure that your business remains open so that you're able to serve those who are in need of what you offer. Come on now. If you're a first responder, I need you to finish so that you can rescue people. Come on now. If you're a preacher, I need you to finish so that you can preach the gospel so that people can be saved and restored. Whatever assignment God has called you to do as we rebuild the walls of the marketplace, as we rebuild the walls that will cover and guard our communities, I need each and every one of you to finish your assignment. Come on now. Don't allow weariness to get in the way. Come on now. Don't allow your adversary, come on now, to stop you from doing the work. I believe that every leader must be able to maintain the hearts of those that are building with them to keep the right attitude. My, my job as a shepherd over these next six or seven months as we, as we build down into our drive and our finale of Pentecost, my job is to make sure that we keep the right attitude attitude. Come on now. That your attitude reflects. Come on now. Attitude reflects leadership. Leadership reflects the right attitude that you're working with. Come on now. Your attitude will reflect how you serve. Come on now. Your attitude will reflect how you give. Your attitude will reflect how you're going to finish. My attitude determines how I'm going to walk out my assignment in challenging moments that 
that come to oppose us, that come to oppose me. Come on now, my, my attitude, the, the attitude. I, I'm reminded of, 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 of that movie, um, Man, it just it just slipped my mind. Come on, man, I, I can't believe this. It, it just slipped my mind. But there was a, there was a line in a movie where the football players were battling each other. The Denzel movie, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, what's that again? Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. We live, you know. We're just having fun today. Uh, remember the Titans. And and there was opposition between the whites and the blacks. And the whites wouldn't block for the blacks. And the blacks would only just play for themselves, you know? And so there came a point where the two leaders on defense finally came together, and, and the one guy came and he said, man, you got a great talent. The other guy said, man, I don't even want to hear what you got to say, man. He said, man, if you would just listen. He said, no, it's not me listening. He said, nobody really cares about me, so I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm just going to play for me and get what belongs to me. And he said, man, that's just so unfair. He says, do you really say that that's unfair? Then why won't you have your buddy block for the quarterback? You know that your buddy's not blocking for the quarterback and you keep letting him get hit. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to do me. He said, man, you should just listen. He said, you know what? He says, attitude reflects leadership. Your attitude reflects your leadership in times of opposition. If you're building the wall, we're building the wall that will protect the marketplace, that's going to protect our communities, we got to stay on the wall and have the right attitude. I want to talk about these four areas of how you got to fight against opposition, what to expect from your enemies. Come on now, we, we talked about it uh, in on last week. They are your enemies, they're not your friend. Come on now, uh, they're your enemies. We can see here in Nehemiah, they wasted no time in saying we're your enemy. Come on now, they, they didn't do what they did in Ezra and tried to deceive them. No, no, they came right out of the box and they said, we're going to oppose you immediately. What to expect from your enemies in challenging times that come to oppose you in your faith, that come to oppose us as we're building our relationship with God, as you're building your faith, as you're developing your times of devotion. Come on now. Uh, in, in times where life is happening, you can't stop praying. In times where life is happening, you can stop praying. You cannot stop praying. Don't stop having faith. Don't stop coming to church. Come on now. You got to up your game when the enemy is out to attack you and oppose you. Number one, there's going to be a spirit of Sanballat. A spirit, come on, you can look right here in chapter number four in verses one and two. I want you to open up your Bibles. Come on now, get in your phone, hallelujah. Nehemiah, it's in the Old Testament. Chapter number four, it says here, the spirit of Sanballat. What to expect? There's going to always be a spirit of Sanballat. That was his name, a Samaritan. And now it came about when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the walls. He became furious and began to mock the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices 
Can they finish in a day? Can they receive stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? The, the spirit of Sandblot, what, what to expect from your enemies in moments of opposition, the spirit of Sandblot is coming to question, do you have the power to still pray while cancer's in your body? Do you still have the power to consecrate when they sent you a notice that they're getting ready to repo your car? Uh, do you still have the faith uh, to stand on the word of God when everything around you is falling apart? Sambalot looks at the Jews and he begins to mock them. Uh, what to expect from your enemies? They're going to mock you. They're going to laugh in your face. They're going to question you. They're going to question your God. They're, they're, they're going to look you in your face and say, there ain't no way you're going to get that loan and you ain't got no money. There, there is no way that you're getting ready to go back to school and you're 50 years old. There is no way that you're going to start your business and you're 13 years old and by 17 you're going to be a millionaire. There is no way because when I look at you, you look raggedy. Come on now. When I look at your mom and daddy. They've been on welfare all of their lives. Come on now. You came out of the hood. Come on now. You live in the ghetto. You can barely read. You can barely talk. Uh, you've been in exile for 70 years. How you think you're just going to come back here and rebuild a temple that's been in ruins for years now? Come on now. Uh, the, the, the stones are still burnt. They, they still have the marks of how we destroyed them years ago and you're saying that you are going to come back here. You you're too raggedy to do it. Come on now. You're just a Jew. Come on now. Don't nobody really like you. You're, you're, you're just a nobody. Come on now. Uh, you're, you're just somebody that, that, that can't even talk right. Come on now. Uh, you, you don't even got Jordans on your feet and you talking about you're going to do this and you're going to do that. Man, you can't even make money in your life. The spirit of Sanballat, it's the enemy that comes to accuse your purpose. It, it will come to accuse you. It will, it will come to mock you in your face. Come on now. Uh, it comes to do what? Uh, the place of mockery. Come on now. Uh, the spirit of Sanballat. That's what you're going to have to do with. The spirit of Sanballat. Number one, it, it brings the place of mockery. Come on now. Uh, where the workers are made fun of and laughed at for doing the work. These attacks and they specialize in attacking what? Morale. Uh, come on now, the spirit of Sambalada, uh, 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 he's shysty and he comes after your self-esteem. Come on now, your worth, your value, and your identity. Come on now, uh, uh, this place of mockery, uh, it, they specialize in doing what? Uh, coming after your inward conscience. Come on now, I, I want to attack who you are. I want to attack what you say you believe. I want to attack your faith. Uh, I, I want to attack your mind so much to the point uh, that you wake up and you say, see me laughing and you hear me laughing and you talk about me so much that I stop. The spirit of Sambalot comes to, to put fear in you so much that he, he, he comes against your excitement and your enthusiasm to finish the work. Come on now. It, it comes to affect working conditions. Oh, y'all can think about it. I ain't got to say it today. Come on now. Y'all know what we sitting in right now. I ain't got to say it today. Come on now. The spirit of Sambalot will say, come on now. It's too cold in here. I, I can't think right. I can't move. And why do I got to come here? But you got to understand 
understand that life happens, and when life happens, we got to press toward the higher calling. When life happens, I got to stand up and I got to say, now faith is. Come on now. I got to stand up and say, no weapon formed. I, I got to stand up and declare that God will never leave me nor forsake me. I know that they're laughing at me. I, I know that they're talking about me, Doreen. I, I know that they're now coming against my own self-esteem. They're trying to tear me down. They're, they're, they're kicking me while I'm down. Come on now. That's when you know you got a real enemy. Come on now. Because your enemy is going to kick you while you're working. Your enemy is going to kick you while you're trying to rebuild. Your enemy is going to do whatever he can to stop you from building. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Come on. Look at yourself and say, I got to stay on the wall. Come on. Pat yourself and say, I got to stay on the wall. I, I, I got to stay on the wall. I, I know who I am. Come on now. Talk about me all you want to. Come on now. Talk about me as much as you please. But, but guess what? I'm going to stay on the wall. Come on now. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Come on now, what, what to expect from your enemies? What to expect from your enemies? We can see right there, there is, there is the spirit of mockery. They come to attack morale, self-esteem, inward conscience. That's what the enemy wants to do. Come on now. We, we can see here that the spirit of Sanballat, uh, number two, always has a plot to destroy you. Come on now. Uh, he always has a, a plan to destroy what you're trying to build. And the plot to destroy is never going to be a secret. The plot to destroy your marriage is going to be wide open. The plot to destroy your money is going to sit right there in your face. Come on now. This spirit is not going to be a hidden spirit. This spirit is not going to be something that you're going to have to fast for. This is a spirit that you're going to have to stand up and fight. Come on now. Uh, I fasted already, and I'm ready to fight you, Joker. Come on now. I, I know what he said in Chronicles. This battle doesn't belong to me, but guess what? Me and God getting ready to fight this fight, and we're going to let you know you're not going to win. I know what you're trying to do, and I'm going to call you out on it. Come on now. You're fake. Come on now. You're a hypocrite. You're a liar. You're a cheater. You're a deceiver. Come on now. You mean me no good. I know that you want to destroy my children. I know that you want to destroy my relationship with God. I know that you want to restore. I know that you want to destroy my integrity and my character. And you want to contaminate it with sin. You want to contaminate it with all of the things that will get me off of the wall. But I got to stay on the wall. Come on now, uh, the plot to destroy. We can, we can see it in the next verse right there in verse number seven, chapter number four. Uh, now when Sanballat, come on now, Tobias and, and the Arabs and the Ammonites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to close, they were very angry. All of them, come on now, conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause, hear it, a disturbance in their work. 
Come on now. A, a disturbance in their work. Come on now. You talk about me. You laugh at me. And then you plan to destroy me. Come on now. You, you're going to laugh at me. Come on now. Do you remember going to school and you didn't have the best clothes? And they laughed at you. And they talked about you. Or you were the pretty girl. And you had the nice little body. And, and your girls were afraid. And they didn't want to be your friend. And you had long hair. And, and all they wanted to do is get in the fight so they can pull your hair out. You had a pretty face. All they wanted to do was get you in a fight and scratch your face. Oh, come on now. Y'all remember? That's why they used to put Vaseline on their face. Come on now. That's why they used to keep rubber bands so that they could tie their hair up and put it in the brace. See, these young girls, they don't know about that. They just get into any old type of fight. They don't, they don't know how to fight. Uh, when we grew up, they planned. I, I got it. I got it. I'm going to go home and I'm going to shave my nails the right way. And if you try it, I'm going to stab you with my nails. Come on now. Because you want to fight, I'm going to show you how to fight. Come on now. I don't fight fair just like you don't fight fair. You not going to take me out like this. Come on now. He planned to destroy them. Come on now. How does the enemy want to destroy you? With fear. Come on now. I, I, I'm going to let you know that we're coming to fight you. There is fear right there. Uh, he, he wants to put doubt in your mind. Come on now. And in one's ability to complete the work. Uh, he wants to cause you to not believe. He wants to fear you and, and, and put you in a corner where you have unbelief. Come on now. It changes one's outlook on what seems good at first. Nehemiah, this was really good, man. I, it was a good plan, man. We were doing real good work, but they talking about they coming to kill me, and they going to kill my family, and they going to take my job, and they going to burn my business down, and, and, and they going to kick me out of school because I don't have the money. And, uh, uh, they they, they going to they stop me, and they're not going to give me my insurance because I, I don't have enough money to pay, and I, I can't get my medicine. And the doctor's saying that if you don't do this and you don't do that, you're going to die. Come on now. The spirit of Sambala not only wants to mock you, but it wants to destroy your faith. Come on now. It wants to destroy your faith by putting fear and unbelief and doubt in your mind so that you don't complete the work, so that you never come back to church, so that you never raise your hand again, so that you never believe in God another day in your life because you're afraid, because now you're doubting, and because now you have unbelief. I can't consecrate. Life happens, baby. You better get on your knees and pray. You better stand on your wall and finish your assignment because you got to understand that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of wickedness, the rulers of forces, the rulers of darkness. They don't want you to finish. They want you to stop. Stay on the wall. Look at somebody and say, life happens, baby. Come on, say life happens. Come on now. The spirit of Sambala comes to mock you. It comes to destroy you. And then the spirit of Sambala, when it understands that it cannot destroy you, uh, in uh, chapter number five, come on now, verses one and two, it says, now there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brothers. For there were those who said, we are the sons and our daughters are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. Come on now. 
Do, do you see how shysty the enemy is? Come on now. Do, do you see how shysty he is? He's low down and dirty. He don't care nothing about you. Come on now. But he wants you to quit. He wants to say that you, your God ain't what he is. He's not winning. And so he wants to do what? Mock you and laugh at you. When that doesn't work, he wants to turn around and destroy you. He wants to take your faith. He wants to put doubt and unbelief in your mind. When that doesn't work, he said, I'm going to strip you of your food. Come on now. I'm going to cause a famine to come in and I'll make sure that you don't eat. I'll make sure that your family don't eat. I'll make sure that I close down the city. I'll make sure that I stop you from working. I'll make sure that I put you on unemployment and you can't get your unemployment check. Now what you gonna do? I really want to see how you're gonna live now. I'll turn your lights out. I'll turn off your gas. I'll put a flat tire on your car. I'll cause your car to be stolen. I'll cause you to have to catch the bus in the middle of the winter and you get there late, late, late every day because I want to stop you from working. Whatever I can do, I'll put murder in the city. I'll put violence around you so that you will be afraid to come out of your house and do the work. Stay on the wall. Come on, look at somebody and say, I got to stay on the wall. Come on now. I know what I'm facing right now. I got to stay on the wall. My grandbabies need me to live. My children need me to live. Mama and daddy need me to live. The school system needs me to show up. Come on now. My business has to stay open because that drunk that keeps coming in, every time he comes in, I give him a little scripture and God releases him. Come on now. The dope dealers need to see me out on the corner sweeping the floor around my business because every time they see me I give them hope to do right again come on now if you stop then they win if you stop then they win come on now we gotta stay on the wall no matter what they say to us if they put us out if they shut us down we'll find another place and we'll build from another place we ain't stopping I like what Puff Daddy said you can't stop me now Nothing can hold me back. I'm going to press toward the mark of the higher calling. You just bluffing. Come on now. Look at somebody and say just bluffing. Come on. The enemy's bluffing because he doesn't have the power to stop you. He doesn't have the power to make it stop. The only way it stops is that you get off the wall. Sometimes you got to show up to the enemy and you got to call his bluff. Come on now, call the bluff when he comes against your family. Call the bluff when he comes against your health. You got to cause, you got you to gotta, you gotta stand up to the enemy now. Don't turn around and run. Don't turn around and be quiet. Don't turn around and start complaining. Come on now, God has not given you and I the spirit of fear. Come on now. He's not giving us the spirit of doubt and unbelief. Come on now. The man said, will you help my unbelief? Y'all hear what I'm saying? The enemy will come to do whatever he can to stop the work of Christ, to stop the work of Jesus being uh, 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 open and available in your life. He'll do whatever he can to stop Jesus from being Lord in your life. He'll do whatever he can to stop the Holy Ghost from speaking in your life. He'll do whatever he can to separate you from God. He'll do whatever he can to make God your enemy. Stay on the wall. Come on now, church. Look at me now. Come on now. Come on now. He wants to attack our culture where men and women are confused. He, he wants to attack uh, our economic system. Come on now. Lost wages, unable to find work, poor working conditions. Come on now. He wants to attack our social environments. Come on now. 
Our children don't have community centers to go to. They shut the swimming pools down. Come on now. Uh, they don't have basketballs to play in in the summertime. Basketball courts to go and play at in the summertime. Good rims with nets on them. Come on now. Because somebody said, all they're going to do is tear them down. All they're going to do is destroy them. See what the enemy does when we're trying to build? He's always going to send a sandbox to say, they ain't going to appreciate it, so why put it up? they just going to tear it down. No, they're not. No, they're not. If you give it to them the right way, they'll learn, and you'll teach them how to protect what's theirs. Come on now. The problem is, is we give them stuff, and we don't teach them how to steward it. We don't teach them how to value it. We don't show them how much work it took to put it right here. We just let them destroy it because we want to give them quietness, and we want to just send them away. No, 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 no. The spirit of Sambalot comes to do what? Mock you. Comes to destroy you. It comes to attack your social and economic issues in your life. It brings you more pain than you should ever have. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Look at it. Look at it here. And then lastly, spirit of Sambalot. It brings the spirit of intimidation and threats. You can see this here. See this here. Nehemiah chapter number six, verses seven and nine. Come on now. Verses seven through nine says, come on now. It says, you have also appointed prophets to proclaim in Jerusalem. Concerning you, a king is in Judah. And now it will be reported to the king according to these reports. So come now and let us counsel together. Verse number eight. Then I sent a message to him saying, such things as you are saying have not been done. But you are inviting them in your, you are inventing them in your own mind. Verse number nine says, for all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. But now, oh God, strengthen our hands. Come on now. Uh, Everything you said is a lie. Come on now. I, 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 need you to, I need you to think about where you are right now and understand that the enemy is creating a lie about you. A lie to your friends, a lie to your family, a lie to your employee, a lie to what you're doing in the community because the enemy doesn't want to see you rebuild. The enemy doesn't want to see the Rock Church grow. He don't want to see your marriage grow. He don't want to see you come out of debt. So he creates lies to get you off of the wall. He creates a lie to get you to stop. He creates you to. He creates a lie so that you can come and sit and talk with him about his lies, and you're invited to the wrong meeting and you go sit down at the meeting and now you're sitting there in a group of people that want to kill you that want to take you out that want to destroy you stay away from the meeting come on now don't go to that meeting come on now tear that letter up come on now and speak to the lie and say no 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 no. we ain't stopping we gonna keep on moving we gonna call your bluff come on now whatever you need to do do it we're gonna stay on the wall come on now look at somebody and say stay on the wall come on now the spirit of Sambalot, it comes to assassinate your character and your image. Come on now. It's going to remind you of your past failures. Come on now. Uh, the spirit of intimidation and threats, they come to discourage and to stop the work that is almost completed. It will do whatever it takes to force a work stoppage. Come on now. Why are you going to stop me now and you know I got momentum? Why are you going to stop me now and I'm dazed for closing up the wall? Why 
Why you want to stop me now? And we got money to feed people. Why you want to stop me now? And we got programs that's going to bring people out of debt. Why you want to stop me now? And we got programs that's going to help young men who've been incarcerated to not have a felony again. Why do you want to stop something good that is going to bring hope and deliverance into our communities. Why do you want to stop me now? Why do they want to stop you now? Because they know what's getting ready to happen. Come on now. Uh, God's getting ready to happen. The power of God is getting ready to be released. Salvation is going to be released. Hope is going to be restored. Strength is going to be renewed. Joy is going to be lifted forever again. I need you to understand that in this moment, we've got to fight Nehemiah turns around as I finish and he tells them, all right, now that I know what the enemy's up to, I need everybody that's on your assignment. When it's your turn to work, I need you to have a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other hand. When they come to fight, be prepared to fight them. Don't you stand there and pray. Fight. Don't you stand there and cry. Fight. Don't you stand there and start shouting. Fight back. It's time that we fight back. We got to fight back through the word. We got to fight back and save our children. We got to fight back and save our educational system. We got to fight back now. Come on now. Come on now. We got to fight back. They don't want you to vote no more. We got to fight back. Come on now. They want you to sit here and die. Come on now. We got to fight back. Come on now. They want our children to sit here and be drugged out. They want to sit here and allow them to shoot each other. They don't want to take guns away because if they really wanted to take murder off the street, they would send the CIA, the FBI into the communities and stop all the guns that are coming here. Come on now, we ain't bringing drugs in our own community. We ain't purposing, we don't have guns to make. They're pushing these guns in our communities. Come on now. They're pushing these drugs into the hands of our young men. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. They want us to die. They want the communities to be confused. They want us to depend on them forever. And the Jews said, no, 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 no. We will not depend on your God ever again. We know what belongs to us, and so we're going to rebuild this wall. And when we rebuild this wall this time, ain't nothing going to destroy it. When we rebuild this temple this time, ain't nothing ever going to destroy it. Because now we understand that we've made a mistake. We have understand that we've been uh, 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 unavailable to God. But now we understand that it's our time to own what belongs to us. Come on now. Come on, son. Lift your hands. We cannot stop. Come on, look at me. Look me. Look me right here. Come on, look at your bishop. We cannot stop. Come on now. Get a close shot on it. We cannot stop. Uh, talk about us all you want to. Come on now. Laugh at us. Come on now. Uh, take stuff away from us, but we ain't stopping. Hallelujah. Come on now. Uh, threaten us, but we ain't going to stop. Hallelujah. Why? Because God has given us an assignment, and that is to rebuild the wall. That is to rebuild altars where people can be saved, where families can be restored, where marriages can be reconciled, where men can come in and understand that they don't have to be abandoned fathers, that they can love their sons and daughters. Come on now, where men can love their wives again, where the church can, can stand in a place where we can serve God and we don't have to depend on no tricks, no antics. We can serve God because we understand that God is God all by himself and he doesn't need a trick. He doesn't need an antic. If you just lift up the name of Jesus, he said that if 
I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He says, if I be lifted up, if the church would just lift me up, if the church will give me a place where I can be lifted up, where men can see me, where women can see me, sons and daughters can see me and not you, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I'll fill the place if you'll lift my name. I'll fill the place if you'll recognize that I am God and I don't need any help. I just need a place where I can go from. I need a place where people will feel my presence. If I be lifted up in times of opposition, I'll draw them unto me. Come on now. In times. Come on, hear it. Come on, hear it. We got to have passion and we've got to be passionate about doing the work. Come on now. In times of opposition, your trick ain't going to work. In times of opposition, come on now. Come on now. In times of opposition, we must understand in every phase of our life, of ministry, of rebuilding, we will face certain things that come to challenge our movement and progress as a church. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The only assignment we have is to rebuild the wall. The only assignment we have is to rebuild altars. We've got to rebuild altars in business. We've got to rebuild the altars in education, in science, medicine, entertainment. Come on now. We, we've got to rebuild the walls upon every mountain that has been destroyed, where God's name has been destroyed where God's name has been taken out of. Come on now. You can't do medicine without God. Come on now. You can't do science without God. Come on now. I need you to tell you something now. You can't live prosperously without God being in your life. Come on now. He says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He said if you'll build me an altar where people can come and bow, where every knee and tongue will bow and confess that I am Lord. Come on now, don't be confused. I want to talk to you now. The word of God is true. Come on now. The word of God is without error. Come on now. I want you to look at me here. Don't be confused. The enemy wants you to believe that God ain't who he is. That's a lie. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. And I rebuke it and I send it back to the pit of hell. God is who he says he is. He's God and he's God all by himself. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, Rabbi, Rabbi, lift your hands. Come on now. We don't want to say these things now because it offends people now. Come on now. If it offends you, then understand that the word of God is there to cut. The word of God is there to convict. The word of God is there to edify. It's to restore. But the word of God is what it says it is. Uh, come on now. The word of God is God. Come on now. And God is the word of God. Come on now. I need you to understand. There is no separation. The word is God and God is the word. Come on now. And everything that comes out of this word is God himself. Come on now. I need you to connect. We've got to rebuild walls. 
We've got to restore altars. Come on now. Altars of prayer. We've got to restore walls that have been broken where sons can't talk to their fathers, where mothers can't reach their daughters. We've got to rebuild the walls of family. We've got to rebuild the walls of community. Come on now. As you lift your hands, come on, stay with me. Come on, stay with me. Come on, Lord, I pray that this word is ministering unto you, O oh God. Father, I pray that this word, O oh God, over these last four weeks, O oh God, has ministered to you, O oh God. Father, I thank you that every word that you gave me, O oh God, that I spoke it with integrity and character, O oh God. Father, I thank you right now, O oh God, that we close our eyes, O oh God, to the intimidating and threatening uh, 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 situations that come to us that stop us from building the work, oh God, and completing the work. It's my desire that we as a church, that your family, that your marriage, everything about you, God says stay on the wall so that you can see the finished work. Come on now. Come on, let's live out the finished work of Jesus Christ, life more abundantly. Come on now. Come on now. When Jesus finished the work on the cross, come on now. In times of opposition, in moments uh, where they beat him, they poked him in the side. Come on now, they put a crown of thorns and they pushed him down in his head. Come on now. But he finished the work so that you and I would have an example of what it is to not give in to the adversary, to the enemy that tried to accuse his father in heaven that the work would never be completed. Jesus, come on now. He's the only living Christ. He's the first Christ. He's the last Christ. There is no other Christ. Jesus Christ is the only Christ. He is the only way. He's the light. Come on now. He's the way. And no man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus Christ. Come on now. He is the only begotten Son. Come on now. There is no other. There is no other name. Come on now. There is nobody that stands next to Jesus. He's the only Christ. Come on now. He's the only living. Christ. Come on now. He's the only living Christ. I need you to understand it. The enemy wants to accuse your mind. Hear it today. So Father, I thank you that you have given us a plan and that is to stay on the wall and to fight, oh God. Father, you've given us grace to overcome, grace to endure, grace to prosper and grace to win that's my prayer that you'll stay in grace in times of opposition we're challenged we will face the opposing threats of the enemy but if you stay on the wall the work will be finished if you complete your assignment, you'll live to see your generations live out a dream and the finished work that Christ has put in your life, that God has finished. The Bible says, he who began a good work will complete it until the end. And guess what? God says, I need you to just stay on the wall. I love you. I appreciate you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is my prayer. I want you to just repeat this after me. Lord, thank you 
for giving me a grace that causes me to overcome, a grace that causes me to endure, a grace that causes me to win, and a grace that causes me to finish strong. When I'm weak, he makes me strong. Come on now. When I'm weak, you make me strong. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need 10 people to come here right here real quick. 10 people, 10 people, 10 people real quickly. As we prepare to give our tithe and our offering on today, they came to me on last week and they said, Pastor, can you do a visual of the principle of tithing? I need 10 people, 10 people, quickly, quickly, quickly. What's your way now? Come on, come on, quick, quick, quick. 10, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I need one more. Come on. Turn that way. 10 people. Ten people. The tithe represents the ten percent. God is saying, all I ask is for ten percent. I'm reminded that the first determines the rest. What you give to me will determine the outcome of what is needed for your life. The tithe. It represents the ten represents the 10. It's that moment that you get your paycheck and you say that before I do anything, I'm going to take care of God. I'm going to honor God. And because I honor God, he's going to honor the 90%. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I, I, I won't allow your issues and your circumstances to chew up your 90% because I, I said that when you give it unto me, it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over the tithe. The tithe. This is my light bill. This is my phone bill. This is my car note. This is my electric. This is my insurance. This is my, my, uh, 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 name a bill you got, name a bill you got. What's name on it? This is my credit card. Uh, 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 name a bill you got. Car note. Uh, we already called car note. School bill, school bill. No, no, the car wash business. This is this for my car wash. All right. Uh, uh name, name, name a bill. Grocery. Grocery. Name a bill. Did he say lights? Gas? internet. I have $200 on my paycheck. $200 on my paycheck. Oh, my wife said she want more. All right. I, I got $2,000 on my paycheck. All right. Now somebody do the math. A tenth of that is what? All right. You get my paycheck? This is all my bills I got right here. And all I got is $2,000. 
He says, if you'll honor me, I'll take care of the 90%. This is the 90%. He says that if you'll take the 200 and give it to me, offer it to me, bring it to me, that this 90%, whoo, come on now, Graves. Are you serious? All of this is $2,000 and more. Even the $2,000 paycheck ain't going to take care of all of this. But you're saying, give it. I'm saying you got to trust God. I, I, I don't believe you're cursed with the curse because you don't give your tithe. I, I believe that you don't trust God and that your relationship with God is not firm enough for you to believe his word. Come on now. Because the curse was broken when Jesus died on the cross. I, I simply believe that you don't have a, 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 a faith enough to trust him that he's going to turn it around a trust issue trust in the Lord with all of thine heart lean not to thy own understanding don't turn around and take the $2,000 and pay this and your $2,000 still can't pay it and you keep living and you keep living and you keep going back saying God, 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 God when? don't forget God we're living examples that tithing works Tithing is not stealing from you. It's not taking from you. It's when you offer it back to God. Come on now. It's, it's when you offer it back to God. So when I offer it back to God, he said that he will redeem every bill. Redeem every bill. Redeem every bill in my life. Redeem every bill in my life. Redeem every bill in my life. But I don't just stop there. Come on now. He says not only, come on now, give me a tie, but, but, but release an offering that will open up the windows of heaven. See, this is where your blessing comes from. Your tithe is something that you honor God with, but your offering is where you now go back and say, God, Come on now. You said that if I would give this, that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing where I won't have room enough to receive, but you're still living off the 90%. So I give God an offering. I, I, I give an extra $20 on top of the, the 250 And so now, God, I need you to open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing upon all that I need to provide for my house. Come on now. Uh, come on now. Now, come on now and and then I go a little further come on now because I, I sow seed into the ground come on now and my seed represents my harvest come on now it represents that what I give it's gonna come back to me with an unlimited measure of return come on now I, I need you to understand that the principles of giving are real and that God honors your tithe he honors your offering and he your seed. Come on now. Seed is what you put into the ground. Come on now. Offering is what you give so that the windows of heaven may be open. The blessings of heaven may be open to pour out upon your life. Come on now. The fulfillment of life. Come on now. Your tithe. I offer it to God. So I want you to take an opportunity today. Wherever you are, I want you to start afresh because your giving matters. I, I want you to understand that you can text to give. Come on now, just text Rock Life. Come on now to 
4364. Come on now. 4483. Come on now. You can, you can just text that right there. Right there on your phone. Come on now. If you want to mail it in, come on now. You don't know how to do it. And mail your offering, your tithe, your seed. Come on now. Post office box. Come on now. 25620. Come on now. Garfield, Ohio. Come on now. Uh, if you're on the app right now, you can just go right there to Subsplash Giving. If you're on your phone right now, you can go to GiveLify. Rock Church International. Come on now. You'll see a picture of my beautiful girl right there. You can give any way you want to, 24 hours. But your giving matters not to me, not to just our church, but it matters most to God. Come on now, lift your hands. Lord, those that will make a commitment today to offer and honor God with your tithe, I thank you, Father, that you're going to honor and redeem the devourer for their sake, O oh God. Rebuke the devourer for their sake. That their money will not be chewed up, O oh God. That it will not come in their hands and just flow out any old type of way. That they'll be stewards over the 90%, the offering. That you'll open up the windows of blessing and pour them out upon them where they won't have room enough to receive. Father, I thank you the seed that they sow into this house and into the life of their men of God. Father, I thank you that it's ground that is fertile for them to receive an unlimited measure of return. In Jesus' name, this is my prayer. It, it's very simple. The first determines the rest. When I honor God, it's going to determine how everything in my life flows. Come on now. It's called giving up. Come on now. I, I give to God first. Come on now. And because I give to him, he made a promise. He, he, he made a covenant. Come on now. In Deuteronomy 28, if you would obey me, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the fields. Come on now. Your storehouses will never be empty. Your baskets will never be empty. Come on now. It might not say a million dollars, but you'll never go without. Come on now. Because God says that I'll provide for you. I'll be your provider. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. We love you. We honor you. May the Lord God bless and keep you on today. I look forward to seeing you on next week. This is our prayer. Peace to the family. Peace to the bishop. And peace to us all. Have a great weekend. God bless. Peace.